And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. It's our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you from Lot B, Cigar Dojo Studio out here in... Uh, it's it's back to kind of wintry California. Feels more like fall, really. But uh, we don't get winters here in, in the Bay Area. Um, anyway, uh, Cigar Dojo Studio, Lot B. Uh... Episode V, Randy, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the, the rebirth, rebirth of, of cigars. cigars. We're getting better at that. And um, we've got our Liga. Have you seen our Liga Pravada ashtray? These things are awesome. I love this ashtray. Shout out Jack Hire. Yeah, seriously, this ashtray. You can have like seven people using this thing. Two, four, six, actually. But it's, uh, it's a very... Uh, Lovely piece of equipment. Randy, how are you feeling today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, as you said, it is a little bit blustery and gray, uh, which I'm not mad about. I, I enjoy a little bit of cool weather myself. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the pairing. I've been uh, wanting to get to this cigar for some time, and uh, we've got a pretty unique beverage to pair it with. So uh, <laughs> It is. It is uh <laughs> It is interesting. I, I've never had this beer before. We'll get. Uh, let's tell everybody. Oh, yes. Randy, what the uh, what we're smoking here? We are smoking the Perdomo Double Aged Twelve Year Vintage Maduro. Did I get that right? It sounds right to me. It's that was double good. aged Twelve Year Vintage Maduro, not the 2012, which you insisted on calling it in our previous episode. You actually said it correct, and then corrected yourself to say 2012. Really? Yeah, the second time. It's. Uh, I noticed that uh, when uh, when we were doing the live show. Um, so this is a cigar I've been excited about. First time I've smoked this, we'll get into that. And we are drinking the McKellar Beer Geek Vanilla, which is where the V comes in, Randy. Vanilla Shake. This is um, not the easiest beer uh, for folks to find outside of California. I mistakenly said that they were based in New York. So here's just an insider tip, pro tip for uh, watching the show. Whenever I say anything about a beer company or the ABV of the beer, unless I'm looking at the can and you can see me looking at the can, just ignore whatever I say. (laughs) Just ignore it. And I I rarely hold eye contact with the camera this long, so you know that I'm telling you the truth. Uh, They are not, Randy, based in uh, New York. They're in San Diego. They are now, yes. So that's, uh, like I said, McKellar Beer Geek Vanilla Shake. Not a whole lot of um, beers out there with the letter V. I know Victory is a brewing company that we Mm -hmm. uh, considered, but their big beer is the Golden Monkey, which is a Belgian-style triple, Mm -hmm. which we just did. uh, Was that last week? It was. Yeah, for the U Show from Unibrow. So we didn't want to go triple back-to-back. So we mixed it up. With something like this, you could really just find any kind of imperial oatmeal, double oatmeal stout, Randy. We'll get there. Um, with It's got vanilla and uh, coffee in it. So it's um, not adjuncts, Randy, flavor additives. Nice. Indeed. I've like learned it. something. I've I learned like something. It. So I'll get a little into the cigar a little bit. So we're smoking, again, Perdomo, double-aged, 12-year vintage Maduro. Call it double-aged. The tobacco is aged 10 years in, uh, not in the pilones, but uh, in bales. What's the difference between a pilone and a bale? I think they are the same. Copy that. Uh, so I was correct. Oh, no, no. A no, I don't think Pilone would be where they're fermenting That's, that's, in, the, the that's in the ammonia room. Right, right. So then they get pressed. They get uh, wrapped in burlap, put in the storage uh, warehouse. Yeah. Once, once all that, that ammonia... Is exercise exercise the demons, Randy? Exercise the uh, ammonia and other un- unwanted things. Have you ever kind of stuck your hand in yeah. the middle of a, a pilone? It's like 150 degrees in there. It's crazy when you start to think about like the science behind what's actually happening with that tobacco, and and it's it's kind of it's it's pretty cool to think about um, and how it just it. it 
kind of naturally expels um, all those things that we don't want in there. I would um, argue completely naturally. Correct. <laughs> um, see, I was testing you to make sure, Randy, that you were paying attention. Were you paying attention? Um, so this, uh, I, according to uh, the Cigar Coop, I'm checking out his review here of uh, this particular cigar. And I like to go to trusted sources on the Internet, Randy, for <clears throat> a background on these cigars. And there's, there's several trusted sources out there, Coop amongst them. Shout out, Cigar Coop. Wrapper is a Nicaraguan Maduro. The binder and filler are Cuban seed Nicaraguan tobacco. That would make this, Randy, a Nicaraguan puro, which is to say that it is 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Country of origin. Any guesses? Nicaragua. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and this comes from a Tabacalera Perdomo. As we said, it's Perdomo Cigar. So uh, double-aged, 10 years in, um, we're going to go back to this again, <clears throat> 10 years bales. in bales. Thank you. And then um, the final two years are aged in white oak bourbon barrels. Oh, is that So right? it is, it actually even says right here on the band, Man. Uh, boom, which you guys couldn't see that. They, well, they actually have tasting notes on oh, the band. Oh, you've never seen this? So, so I've never I, seen that on a I band I was going to say, so if you're, if you're looking huh. at this and... Uh, as always, Eric will have a nice, sexy picture that someone takes. Um, Damn. It nearly looks like this is three separate bands, but um, on all the Perdomos that I smoke, at least, they all have this massive, like, two-inch band that encompasses all these different, like, kind of striping, and they have huh. tasting notes on all these cigars. I'm actually going to take my—I didn't even look at this. Oh, I yeah. looked at the band. Yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite parts about... Oh, this gives a lot more information than Cigar Coop. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it actually says the, Condega. The, the wrapper is uh, Maduro, mm -hmm. which we already said that. Yes. The, it's got Seiko from Condega, which is an aromatic, according to this. Uh, Viso from uh, Jalapa, uh -huh. which is sweet. And Lajero from Esteli, which is rich, and I would argue spicy, with that black pepper spice. It has tasting notes on This is pretty cool. I've never even noticed that. I've always noticed these bands are big and they're they're kind of opulent looking. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, they're eye catching. They they are one of the companies I think in my travels uh, when I was working with Mombacho and uh, going on the road with some of our salespeople and you go into these different shops and to me it was always interesting to see depending on uh, different regions of the country that I was in what uh, cigars are stocked heavily and you know some sometimes you'll go into a shop and they've got a ton of tatuaje and then you'll go. Uh, a couple cities down the road, and they only have like two or three tatuajes, but they've got a ton of Drew Estate. It's kind of interesting to, for me to, to check that out. One thing I noticed in the south, the southeast, every shop was packed with Perdomo, and they do a very good job of, of having eye-catching displays. They're, mm -hmm. um, they're shelf talkers, the little things that hang down from, uh, from the cigars. You could say they might be a little over the top, but I've always thought that, like, I walk in, if I don't know much about cigars and I'm looking for something that I think might be pretty good, you can't help but be drawn to that because there's just so much. Uh, it's, it's shiny. I like shiny things. Uh, but there's a ton of information, just like on the wrapper, according to, or on the band, I beg your pardon. Uh, according to this, the tasting notes, uh, a smooth smoke with natural sweet complexity, hints of dark cocoa, coffee, and a rich, robust finish. I would agree with all of that. Yeah. No, they're, they're I think solid. they nailed it, and my work's done. Randy, talk about <laughs> the, uh, no. Well, so I, you know, if I, I can say something about yeah. the um, the 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 way they, the way you see Perdomo when you're when you're in a shop that's um, supporting Perdomo as a brand, it is one of the cleanest, most like well taken care of uh, shelf or a couple of shelves that you see in in, in a lot of humidors. And I've heard that um, they invest more than any other cigar company in that type of lineup, which I'm very familiar with coming from the beer distributor uh, background um, where we use schematics, uh, where you literally do a little planogram. It's like a little mini... Um, planogram uh, sounds like a hashtag. Uh, pla hashtag planogram. A planogram is, is where you take little pictures of, of every product that you have within that segment and you lay it all out and you figure out the flow uh, and that's literally coming from if you're a customer walking in the front door, that's where the flow goes. And you look at what else is on the floor with displays and how you're driving people to the different shelves and to the different doors um, for shopping. 
And that, and there's a whole, I mean, the millions of dollars that's spent in the beer industry, at least, on consumer psychology, on uh, trading up versus trading down. So you, you typically want to start with your, your lower end stuff near the door. And as you walk deeper into the into the humidor, you would find your more prestigious um, and more expensive items. Uh, you, know, I don't think you see it a ton in the cigar industry, but my understanding is that Perdomo goes in pretty heavy, and they're very, very sophisticated in identifying which of their cigars are working best within a region, within that store, and they really work with the retailer to have the right selection and have them at the right place in the store to best suit. Uh, the customer's engagement with the brand. The sales reps have a big play a big part in that as well. Of course. They, uh, <clears throat> they're the ones who are uh, the boots on the ground, so yeah. to speak, that uh, uh, get out there and visit those shops you know, as often as they can and make sure that everything is where it should be. And um, there's, uh, there's a whole lot going on with all of that. Um, anywho, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know what I've noticed? I say anywho a lot. I don't know why. I never picked I up on it. I think this is the only, like I say it on the show, but I don't say it in real life. Hmm. I'm not sure you say it that much on the show. I do. Okay. Go back and watch some shows. I say anywho at least once an episode. Not 150% guaranteed. Um, <laughs> but I've never seen the the uh, the blend and uh, tasting notes on a on a band before. Nope. I think that's pretty cool. Indeed. I didn't even need to pull up Cigar Coop third time I'm shoot, shot, shouting out. Shooting out? Shouting out? Shouting yeah. Shouting out, Coop. All right. So we are also <laughs> focused on... I would never uh, shoot at Coop. <laughs> we are also featuring a beer here uh, for episode V. Uh, so as Rob pointed out, uh, McKellar Brewery, which is actually based in Copenhagen. I just feel bad when I have to correct Rob every time he says anything about a beer or a brand. Um, so they are based in Copenhagen. It's a Dutch company. Isn't uh, that a... Chewing tobacco? Uh, I, I, that is the name of a chewing tobacco. It's also a place in Denmark. Uh, you know, Denmark is supposed, like, that's supposed to be like the, the people with the happiest lives in the world or something like that. Is that right? It's one of those countries in that part of the world. Okay. Where everybody's just like stress-free. Hmm. Like, I, I know the guy that owns McKellar. I, I would say he's a very stressful man. <laughs> uh, so um, McKellar became world famous Um through a massive marketing effort uh, where there never was a brewery here in the United States. And so um, the gentleman that owns McKellar, uh, I would say his name, but there's umlauts mm. and, and a weird assortment of consonants and vowels. And I know I, I would there, just there, It's not it. a weird assortment. It's just an assortment that you're not used to. Correct. You're right. You're right. Don't so, be a jerk. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so... Uh, so it was a it was a marketing situation where he was going out and he would reach out to breweries all over the country to do collaborations, and so McKellar beers were always collaborative brews. Um, you know, most of you out that are watching this show have probably had, if you live in a big city, some brewery near you do a McKellar beer at some point or another. But their primary production was done in Maryland. And, uh, and then those beers would go out to a nationwide footprint distribution. And then uh, two years ago, they bought the, um, the Alesmith Brewery mm. in San Diego. And Alesmith um, bought a new brewery, and they moved to a larger facility. They sold their old facility to McKellar. So the beers that we're drinking here today were brewed in San Diego. And the first beer that really put McKellar on the map was a beer called Beer Geek Breakfast Stout. It was an oatmeal stout. Now, is breakfast stout a recognized style? Negative. Okay. Negative. I've but, asked you that question before. Yeah, but because there's probably a trademark problem there because mm. we've done a beer called Breakfast Stout from Founders, but we won't go into that. <laughs> we did uh, the, K, the KBS, but... Right, right. The Kentucky Bourbon would be Barrel, barrel Aged version, Breakfast Stout, yeah. correct. So I'm going to um, stop interrupting you. That's all right. That's all right. I'm used to it. Uh, so no, I, I promise I'm going to stop. So so Beer Geek Breakfast Stout uh, was the original, and now it spawned into a uh, series of beers that includes um, seven different uh, Beer Geek Stouts 
that are all based on the original oatmeal stout. This one happens to be an imperial version of that oatmeal stout. That oatmeal stout is 7% alcohol. This is 13% alcohol. Or 11. Or 12. Depending on who you ask. Um, we literally have never seen something like this. The label literally says 11%. It does. Their website calls it 13%. And then on this one specific page where it's talking about all of them, it references as 12% on the same website. Uh, so it's either 11, 12, or 13%. Well, AD. Randy, as, as someone who never makes a mistake, <laughs> like myself, I am appalled <laughs> that they would have a, a typo. So it's thrice, uh, yeah, three times over. So it is a it's an amped up imperial stout um, based on an oatmeal stout recipe. So the oatmeal addition does lead to uh, um, uh, we've talked about it before on the show. Uh, adding oats to any style of beer is going to give a very silky um, mouthfeel. Um, gives a little bit more viscous character. This specific one is actually brewed with coffee and vanilla as well. Um, so. Getting into the flavors that I'm picking up on this, I mean, it is a very, very viscous. And you see as soon as you pour it, it is black as night. It's thick. It's um, It has the, the texture almost of milk. Um, and it is sweet, man. It is a big, bold, sweet, has strong coffee and um, roasted chocolate characteristics. Uh, definitely like a dark chocolate character. The vanilla is um, very... Uh, pronounced indeed it has a very strong vanilla character uh, to it and the f- tasting notes on their website actually state that you will be um, that your palate will be engulfed in flavors of waffle cones mm. vanilla frosting yeah. coffee and chocolate I really really buy the vanilla frosting because the it's it was <clears throat> cloyingly sweet, like way over the top for the first few sips. Little palate shock sets in. Um, <clears throat> once you get a, a few sips under the belt, it's it, it, it calms down a bit, but not much. I would have bet <clears throat> a substantial amount of cash that this Randy had some lactose sugar in it. Uh, lactose sugar being milk sugar that is not fermentable, so it doesn't add to <clears throat> your ABV. And it just adds sweetness and a little bit of body mouthfeel to uh, to the beer. But this one doesn't have lactose in it. That's one thing that you definitely, if you do have lactose in a beer, you want to call that out because some people are, as you may know, lactose intolerant. Mm. And that's not just for drinking milk. It's anything that's got lactose in it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is, does not have lactose, which surprised me. Yeah. But it is, uh, it is very sweet. It, the vanilla is super, super pronounced. The coffee, for me, I really get on the finish more than anything else and it's kind of like an espresso bitterness mm-hmm. there um it's hard for me to get a lot of depth of flavor out of it because that vanilla is just so i don't want to say overpowering it was at first uh, like i said you get a little bit used to it but <clears throat> it's uh there is it's definitely got vanilla yeah it is definitely a um well you know but you just used you know, seven di- different descriptors. Mm. Um, so I, I would say it's complex. It it sure. really stands on the palate. It has That's a very fair. lingering uh, character as the beer has so much residual sugar um, and is, is so thick. It really coats the palate. And so um, it's hard for any one flavor to stand out all by itself. It's just kind of all there, a little bit muddled um fashion because it none of it is kind of um washing away with something remaining it's all there and it all stays there until you grab a, a swig of topo um <laughs> but um but to your point about lactose um something we talked about um uh anytime i, I learned this only because because of beer anytime a word ends with ose uh, fructose glucose lactose um it's a sugar and so, uh, so milk sugar is used more and more right now, especially in craft beer, as uh, as pastry stouts mm. have become a, a big thing. Pastry stout would be um, any any additional flavor additives that are put into the beer to make uh, to draw kind of a link to a dessert. So whether you're thinking of you know a voodoo donut with glaze and but that sparkles. actually had donuts in it, didn't it? 
Uh, well, the rogue voodoo donut uh, beer had voodoo donuts in it. Um, but uh, and that was kind of one of those first ones where now pastry stouts are uh, such a popular yeah, thing. But, a... Yeah, but people now you know add raspberries and chocolate and and try and you know dra- draw a direct line to a uh, to a chocolate uh, cake. Um, oh, and lact and cake. lactose is a big piece of that. You know, adding that that milky you know, you know and, and like you said, it adds body and, and and thickness. One of the places I would have never guessed lactose would become popular that we're seeing now are can i guess yeah go ahead uh kettle sours uh that's one place i've seen them absolutely um i was gonna go with milkshake ipa oh yeah yeah but that's if you (laughs) see what you really think (laughs) yeah um uh, if you see milkshake ipa if you see references to milk or milkshake that's typically um a pretty uh big red flag that you're going to be able to tell um, that they're using lactose as a sweetening agent um, to give that sweetness, to give that body and, and, and mouthfeel. Um, so I was with you. You know, I had had it not specifically stated that there wasn't lactose in this one. It would have been very believable that that would have been an ingredient. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, we at uh, the brewery that I work at. We have a a kettle sour that we do every year. We haven't done really any sours on the show. No, we haven't. We need hmm. to correct that. Yeah, I don't think we have any planned for the rest of the alphabet, but <clears throat> we're going to have uh, some other shows after we finish the alphabet because, uh, Randy, this thing's just going to keep on going. That's right. And so maybe we'll do some some sours, kettle sours, more traditional uh, barrel-aged sours, mm-hmm. uh, wild fermentation. All, we can get all kinds of... Oh, that'd be a fun yeah. uh, in between the, yeah. the seasons You got episodes? any Canteon back here? Yeah. Beautiful. Done. We're going to do a Canteon show. Maybe we can talk about the uh, Between the Seasons plans, if not today. On a, yeah. On a, do we have one? <laughs> on a show soon. We do actually have one. And maybe we, we, well, we're kind of teasing it. Sorry, yeah. Coop. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, all about teasers and rumors here. Yeah, absolutely. We'll rumor it up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we can we can play around with that. The reason I said kettle sours is we have one kettle sour that is a couple that we do, but one that's really, really popular. Um <clears throat> called Book of Palms, and we do it every year. And we just that's released the it. Miami Vice looking label, It is the right? Miami yeah. Vice looking yeah. label. And thank you, because that's exactly uh, what I was trying to accomplish with that label. Um, it's uh, It's got that kind of, it's got some coconut, and I think it's got pineapple, and uh, um, uh, pineapple and, co- pineapple and coconut. So it tastes like vacation, but it also has lactose in it. And that's one thing when, because uh, I do the all the label artwork, you have to we always do anyway. We really call out the fact that this beer contains lactose because, I mean, the last thing we want is for somebody to have a bad experience. Yeah. To uh, leave that open to the imagination. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into the cigar a little bit. We talked about the blend Nicaraguan Puro. And uh, I think Nicaraguan Puros are never really, it's, it's not something that cigars aren't really marketed that way. Mm-hmm. I know when I was with Mombacho, we pushed the fact that these were Nicaraguan Puros because I think those cigars, while Nicaraguan Puros taste a bit different than uh, than most Nicaraguan cigars because there's not a lot of, if any, uh, Esteli uh, Lajero in there. And usually, I guarantee this has some Esteli Lajero. I think it even said it on there. Mm-hmm. So you can, that's kind of a common thing uh, in, in, not common, but if you're going to go with a Nicaraguan Puro, chances are there's going to be some Esteli Lajero in there to add that punch. But um, it seems like Nicaraguan Puros are actually pretty common. Yeah, you know, I actually read an article, and, and I don't want to state it as fact because I can't even remember exactly where I read this. Mm. Um, but forever, uh, you know, a Cuban cigar never, ever mm-hmm. would have used tobacco from anywhere other than they didn't Cuba. Need to. Right. So, um, so Cuban Puro would kind of be, you like how I did the kind of non, uh, uh, a Cuban Puro. Would have been a <laughs> redundant thing I, I to say. I know what you meant there, but yeah, yeah. what you were saying is like how you said it, like a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, oh, puro. Yeah, uh, to do a Cuban puro would, would would be a redundant thing to say because it's from Cuba. It's all Cuban. It's a puro. After um, after the brain drain in the '60s, when uh, Dominican Republic and Honduras, to lesser extents at the time, started doing cigars, they were getting tobacco from all over the place. Uh, the most uh, famous uh, cigar almost in the world, I would say, um, was the very first ever Dominican Puro, and that's the Opus X. 
That was the whole reason Opus X was such a big deal. You think is Opus X is the most famous cigar in the world? Is it not? Versus what? What? What's even in the conversation? Monte Cristo number two. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Cohiba Siglo. I think that's the most X. counterfeited cigar in the world. That's true. <clears throat> for whatever that's worth. Uh, Actually, I don't even know that for a fact. It, it used to be. A yeah, that, but that's more of a because of legalities created an unnatural demand that. Anyways, uh, now we're just rambling. But uh, but puros wasn't uh, something that the other countries you know focused on because um, they wanted to make the best cigars possible and and for a long time as tobacco was uh, coming along outside of Cuba, um, the best way to deliver was to grab some of the best from each of the countries that mm-hmm. were uh, growing. And so um, at least in this article that I read as Nicaragua had kind of come into their own and and set themselves to where we see them now, which I think mean, most of us would say that uh, Nicaragua is probably the top performing um, uh, tobacco agricultural area in the world for, um, for premium cigars, uh, that as like kind of a, a, a group in, in Nicaragua, they started wanting to say, hey, we ha- now have... Uh, enough great tobacco coming for both filler, binder, and wrapper that we should put our our mark on this and say, well, now you can actually, um, there is a country that can provide these great all-one-country single-origin cigars, and that's when Nicaraguan puros became so prevalent. But, yeah. but you're absolutely right. And even if there is a Honduran puro, I don't think people... I don't think it's as marketable right now yeah. as a Nicaraguan. It's yeah, just the, the, just I think the concept. <clears throat> I, it's not like an eye-catching thing. I think people care more about the blend, whether they care more about the blend, not necessarily that oh, it all came from one country. But you could say if you really want to experience Nicaraguan tobacco, then you'd reach out for one of those puros. This cigar, to me, <clears throat> medium. I say it's kind of medium strength, full body. Ton, a ton of flavor. Very, very rich profile. Kind of a classic Maduro profile. It's got that chewy. It's not quite as sweet, I think, as some, uh, like I think of a classic Maduro as kind of that chewy sweetness to it. There's a little bit of sweetness in there. Um, Now, to be fair, we are drinking a beer that is mega sweet, so that I might be losing some of that in translation. Uh, They say here on the website you're going to get hints of oak and almond definitely getting the oaky a lot of earth uh some black pepper spice on the retro for sure it's very well balanced this is a very enjoyable cigar i think the m the msrp on this is about 11 bucks ish uh for the robusto might be a little bit cheaper um but they're probably in that 9 to 12 range i guess um so i think for the the experience that you're getting not not overly pricey but uh, it looks more expensive than that with all the the band and all the information i love the fact that all that stuff is in the band the mm-hmm. one thing i don't like and i'm going to show this on the camera and for those of you listening on the podcast if you look at the right side of that you can't really see it and the right side of the band here is where the glue is and that means that this is wrapped over so when i pulled it off i couldn't see that it said wrapper seco viso that was covered mm-hmm. by the glue so a lot of cool information but if it's underneath the sticky stuff, I can't see it. Yeah, I've it's kind of I, a I've definitely found that you have to remove the the band. It's likely that they make the band uh, to be universal, and they might have a a gordo version. I'm not asking for excuses, Randy. I'm making points. This guy. I'm just saying no, if, I'm they, if there's hey, no, a gordo, no, it probably it probably lines up beautifully. Um, <clears throat> uh, what the hell was I going to say? I had a point there and I lost it. Probably wasn't very good anyway. Go well, ahead. I'll tell you with this line of cigars, um, it's. It's my go-to. They're they're my favorite uh, of the Perdomo line, I would say. Mm. Um, and so they do come in a Connecticut, uh, a natural they call the Sun Grown, and the Maduro. And actually going back to the whole um, Nicaraguan puro conversation, you don't see a ton of Nicaraguan Maduro puros. Mm. Uh, so fair, yeah. uh, so often you see the the um, the Mexican uh, rappers yeah. on on a on a Nicaraguan bunch or a Connecticut uh, or a Connecticut. Broadleaf, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. So um, I know Aganor Leaf made a 
lot of noise with with their new uh, line where they're finally able to wrap yeah. uh, Maduro. So that Perdomo has been doing this, and you said this cigar came out in uh, yeah. 2014? According to uh, the Cigar Coop, Coop, I've mentioned you like 13 times now. <laughs> you should share this episode. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I meant to, to say at the beginning, if you're still watching, hit that little share button. Share it on your uh, Facebook so that way uh, your friends can see it and find out exactly how awesome I am and how knowledgeable Randy is. <laughs> We, we do appreciate the support. We'd love a share. I, <laughs> Absolutely. Please give us a share. So um, on one thing I didn't mention, we're smoking the Robusto. It's a 5x56. A little bit bigger on the ring gauge. That's not really uncomfortable to smoke. I, it's When I first looked at it, I said, wow, this is kind of a, a beefy it's stick. It's beefy, no doubt. But it's, I, I mean, I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, it's, it comes in the uh, an Epicure, which is a 6x56. Salamone, which looks pretty cool. It's kind of got that... Uh, what did you call it? Nipple tip last time? It's That's a nipple foot. Nipple foot, even better. <laughs> There's an image. Um, Salamone is six and an eighth by 54. Uh, it's got a Gordo Extra six and a half by 60. There's a beast of a cigar right there. Churchill seven by, 50, that, seven by 56. That's a big old Churchill, too. Wow. Churchill's usually, what, 48? 48, yeah, exactly. Holy business. But that's, uh, yeah, five different sizes. And like I said, they range in that price, I think, probably from 10 to 13. Give or take, maybe nine to eleven, uh, right around there. Um, <clears throat> are you getting anything uh, different out of the cigar than what I mentioned? Kind of a, a chewy, uh, rich flavor, earthy, little bit of sweetness, probably some milk chocolate. Um, no, more of a dark chocolate because it's not more super dark sweet. Chocolate, I'd say. Um, yeah. <clears throat> a little bit of a nutty character, and um, a lot of earth, some black pepper on the finish. So it, it's it's complex. Yeah, I was gonna throw in there like a roasted cashew uh, mm. character. Um, I think the the spiciness in the retro is not like a pepper bomb at all, but it's it's got a nice pepper uh, undertone to it, and the uh, the earthy and sweet coffee chocolate characteristics are all very very um, nicely put together. Balanced. Yeah, balanced yeah, yeah. Well said. Bal- yeah. Very balanced flavor with a lot going on. Um, Excellent cigar. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just a good smoke. I, uh, I've i smoked the Sun Grown before, okay. I think, yep, yep. and I really enjoyed that one. I think I like this one a little bit better. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good cigar. Perdomo is a company that I've become more interested in over the last few years after visiting them at uh, uh, numerous trade shows over the last couple of years and uh, having a nice little interview with Nick at the last show. Just uh, they they have so many cigars, mm-hmm. There's just so many, and it's almost like I almost kind of give them. Like, I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain here. I almost give you give them a bit of a like of a Rocky Patel treatment where there's just so much to choose from that I just don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not like I've had a bad experience. It's just that God, I, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of by just by the sheer volume of cigars that you have here that I don't even know what. I would want to smoke, so I go somewhere else. And I think I've kind of done that with Perdomo in the past. However, um, Eric loves these cigars, and he has the, he's the one who kind of brought me around on this. And I've smoked a few different things from them over the last, uh, I don't know, last year and a half, yep. I guess. And um, I'm far more interested in, in their cigars than, than I was before. Mm-hmm. So I'm eager to try some of the different stuff. I mean, they have some really approachable price points. But uh, and some you know more. Um, this is probably one of their highest pri- price point cigars, I think. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they have like an anniversary cigar or something in there that might be a little bit higher. But um, yeah, I'm I'm much more intrigued by them now than I than I was in the past. And even with this cigar, I was surprised to find out that it came out, according to Coop, in 2014, because I felt like it was rel- it was it was newer than that. Yeah, obviously to your point, um, Eric got onto these ones. I had been commenting. I think the first one you and i had smoked together um i had read about their factory tour line yeah you were all jacked up about those. yeah that's that, a good cigar yeah the sun-grown factory tour from perdomo is excellent i read about it and, and and i liked the story that it was uh it was an exclusive cigar that was only given out to tour goers when you went down to nicaragua this is what they would hand people 
And after years and years of people saying, oh, my God, how do I get this cigar? They said, oh, that's not available. That's just something we do here, you know, for for the folks that visit. Um, so I liked the story. So I sought that one out. Now and they have to come up with something new that you can only get there. I bet they have one. I'm sure they've got I, I some. Would, I would imagine. If they've got this many cigars, I'm sure they've got yeah, some no stuff doubt. that you can. No and they're, they're, I've never been on their factory tour. I know Eric just went. Just went, yeah. That's supposed to be one of the best in the industry, the uh, Perdomo University or whatever they call it. I was going to say, yeah, they have it's a, a pretty intensive two or three day right. deal, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they seem to be one of the more um, focused yeah. on the education focus, yeah. of, of the whole agricultural product uh, process of the tobacco and, and, and then of the cigar making itself. But uh, I know one of the ones Eric has been real excited about, uh, Nick Perdomo had talked to us about when we did the interview in, in July in Las Vegas, uh, was the new ESV. It's an estate mm. grown um, where they actually own their own estates now and they're putting out um, uh, cigars. I don't know if they're exclusively... Um, from uh, estate tobacco for it's just wrapped in estate tobacco. But that ESV um, is one that I definitely want to try soon. Um, but, yeah, I've got these. I think I gave you some of those Solomons in the Connecticut. Mm. I'll tell I haven't you, smoked the Connecticut yet. It's very, very, very good. Mm. I'll tell you. So, and, and actually, their number one cigar, I know for a fact, is the Champagne Ah, yes. 10-year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the one that comes in that yellow cellophane. And I've heard Nick talk about how um, you know his dad you know, was in love with the Connecticut leaf that they use and the farm that they use. And it had this great kind of champagne gold color. And so they, they switched to that um, that yellow cellophane to amplify and that's keep that same. That's uh, been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fan but, favorite. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was so funny. So, you know, IPCPR this last year, my first time going to Cigar Dojo. Uh, I'm the cameraman for, for Rob. He's on air talent. I'm the guy to keep behind the camera for obvious reasons. Yeah. Because um, I can't hold the camera. <laughs> and so we're. we're so I give him a compliment. He doesn't even notice. <laughs> we're, we're talking to Nick before the interview, and he just starts going into. One of the coolest, like, I mean, started talking very, very specifically about how Connecticut tobacco is, is uh, fermented, how it's chosen. And, and I mean, it was such great. I was, like, rushing to hit the record button and try and grab some, um, some content that would be usable. Uh, I failed. But, I, I mean, I was so... But you're telling everybody now, so it's all good. <laughs> but it was so... Um, it was so interesting. You can really tell he is a real, he's a tobacco man. Yeah, he's been uh, in it his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and now his son is, uh, is kind of moving up the ranks, right? That's correct. And, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? I believe his name's Nick. His name's Nick Perdomo Jr. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I get the juniors and seniors. I get confused. I, uh, I don't, so it's, uh, the younger Nick. I'm going the with youngest that. of them. I'll go Nick, the, Nick, the younger. We'll ooh, go with that. Ooh, that's that good. Makes him sound like a prophet or something. Just don't get caught calling Nick Senior Nick the older. No, I just call him. I just call elder. him Nick. Yeah, yeah. But Mr. Perdomo, maybe. There you go. Yeah, how about that? That's, that's what I call that, him. That better. Yeah. Right. Anywho, nice guy. He was uh, interviewing him was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, very personable dude, and um, pretty down to earth. Very much. That was one of the very things. Like, I I had never really talked to him before, and uh, he always kind of to me came off a bit standoffish. But that was just because I'd never made an effort to talk to him. And he and was in a suit and you were in a T-shirt. Fair enough. Yeah, that <laughs> probably had something to do with it. And my hat on backwards and, you know. Yeah, but now we, we come with uh, we come correct, as uh, the kids used to say when I was a kid. Um, they're not kids anymore. <laughs> so let's get into this uh, this pairing here, Randy. Let's start talking about the intensity I have my opinions, and I feel like in the last few episodes, I've kind of jumped you, so I'm going to let you go oh. with how you feel about the intensity of this pairing. Is, how, is the intensity working out for you? All right. Well, I would say that the cigar is of a high intensity. It has a, a lot of flavor. As you said, some of those flavors are, are bold, um, ranging from roasty and chocolatey and coffee and, and spicy, sweet, um, all those descriptors are going to tell me right out of the gate. This is a high-intensity cigar. Very, very impactful on, on the palate. Um, but you also mentioned it's kind of a medium body. Um, it's medium strength, full body. 
Oh, mm. you did say f- full body. Yeah, it's intense as, as they yeah, come. Maybe it's maybe it's medium plus on the body. The as the the uh, the spice <clears throat> that black pepper we were talking about on the retro. By the time you get halfway through, which is about where I'm at, yeah. that has uh, toned down a lot. Yeah, it's become very very smooth, mm-hmm. um, and very it's, it's super super enjoyable. I don't feel like the intensity. I'm jumping you again. I don't feel like the intensity works for me. I think the sweetness in this beer is um, is far more intense. Um, I would well. That's what I'm, I'm going to say. Well, that. as soon as you said cloying sweetness in the beer, that I mean, that immediately is going to indicate this is an intensity of extreme. It's intensely levels. sweet. Yeah, it is very intensely sweet. It is uh, intensely rich and, and thick. Um, which doesn't give even an, an intense flavored embodied cigar much of a chance to kind of cut through some of that that um, residual uh, sweetness. Like I said, the only thing that's rinsing this thing from your palate is the water, and, and it's carbonated water. Because it's, it's got bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so, no, I would say it's a miss on intensity. I don't know that there's a cigar in existence that's going to be able to match up against this beer, though. Uh, For, to say that about something that's not barrel aged is yeah, right. uh, is quite a statement. I think <clears throat> uh, to pair with and I'm getting ahead of myself to pair this uh, pair with this correctly. I think you have to go contrasting flavors. Mm. I think you got to go something big and spicy. Yeah, like uh, I think the Jacob's Ladder. I think is one of those big mm. spicy cigars. I think you got to go something with some serious heft behind it. Yeah, uh, Neanderthal. Mm. Um, I think most of the cigars that Skip puts out would probably um, get down with this, except for the uh, intemperance stuff that's going to get run over. And I think the intemperance Maduro is probably pretty similar to this cigar in intensity, so I think you'd just get run over there. But I think you got to go with something that's going to pack quite a punch in in the spice factor. A lot of a lot of pepper. I'm not going to want something. I'm not going to want a cigar that's got. Like a classic, oh, a classic <laughs> Maduro profile, because I think you're just. I feel like we're losing uh, from this cigar. Yeah, so I I agree. I think the the beer is overly intense for the cigar. The flavor hook, on the other hand, I mean, we use a lot of the same descriptors. Sure. Um, when talking about the flavors in each, so had the intensity been a little bit more on par, I think the flavor um, matching there would would have been uh, good. So. I'm going to go ahead and just jump out there and say I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs down. Yeah, me too. I was hoping yeah, I'm going thumbs down. Jordan, big thumbs this week? Um, I pick on Jordan so much. Didn't you tell him you were going to like I did. I, back I, I said, that? Jordan, I'm going to stop picking on you. And then what? the first time I mentioned his name, I'm picking on him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jordan, but stop giving me opportunities to pick on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not even here. I'm, I'm, such, a, <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Such, I, I I think Jordan, I, I love Jordan. Jordan's awesome. Eric, on the other hand, whew, I gotta say, it's tough it, to work with. To have a, a, a stand-in while Eric was down at Perdomo, uh, ironically enough, we did not plan that. Um, but Eric was just down at Perdomo, and so Jordan had to stand in in his place. I couldn't imagine having a more capable and impressive producer as your backup guy. As you got something, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're trying to do. I'm a fan. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no. He, he does a great job. Are you kidding? I, he does a great job. I mean, you've seen everything that comes out on the dojo. He does a great job. I'm just giving him a hard time. <laughs> if when I stop picking on you, it means I don't like you. <laughs> Which is why I was just picking on Eric because Eric's one of the nicest guys in the industry. Um. Anyway, so yeah, thumbs down. I was kind of hoping you were going to go thumbs up on this one. Mm. I felt like we might we might differ on this one. Um. <clears throat> it's it, the beer for me. I'm. I get sensitive to like. I'm. I don't really go in for the, uh, the uh, what do we call them? Pastry stouts. Yeah. It's not really my bag. It's. It's a yep. bit too. I can have like a five ounce pour, and you know, just that's like a half pour, and just kind of enjoy that, and that's usually enough for me. This is what sixteen ounces, of uh, of this beer. That's yeah. That's a lot, uh, for me personally. I know a lot of people love this kind of stuff. But I can I can usually do a, a barrel age because it's gonna have a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's gonna have that. 
that whiskey aspect to it, a bit more oakiness to it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to bring maybe that sweetness down a bit. Agreed. It just it it just tips over that line for me where it's yep. just a little bit too sweet. But I can also understand why this is so popular. I mean, people love this beer. Yeah. And I and look forward to it. I think it's it comes out. I don't think it's a yearly release or anything like that. But it's kind of a big deal when more of it hits the market. Absolutely. And I can understand why people enjoy it. It's just for me, it's it's a bit on the sweet side. So as far as the pairing is concerned, I would go, like I said, with something a bit more spicy. Um, anything else that you think that would pair well with this? Trying to pair a cigar against this liquid? Yeah. No, this is this is. I mean, you, you sweeter gotta, than I'm yeah. gonna go with. with you got to go with something something myself. big. Um, as far as this cigar, I think we could get much more simple with the pairings. Go back to a porter, yep. something a little bit softer. Even a porter is going to have some sweetness to it, but not all of them. But you can find some with a little sweetness to it, and that would still work for me. Uh, coffee porter would be nice, mm-hmm. um, or like a <clears throat> like a blonde blonde ale with some coffee in it, like a coffee and cream kind of thing. That's a beer that, like referencing a beer that we make. At our brewery, that I think just really pairs well with cigars. It's got a little coffee in there. Yeah, that's um, that coffee IPA that uh, that your brewery just came out with, or the brewery that you work at. Sorry, you get mad when I say your brewery. I I know it's not your brewery, but it's where you work. Um, but anything that's got a little coffee in it, I think, would be really nice because that's going to go nice with the earthiness, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of nutty notes from the cigar. Sounds good to me. That's that's my idea. So that's that. Uh, thumbs down, unfortunately. Uh, if, if you're really into the into the pastry stouts, sweeter beers, this has to be on your list if you haven't had it already. Yeah, I'm going to send one to Patrick Larkin. Yeah. He loves those pastry stouts. He does. Yeah. He does. Uh, he's Well, he likes those from uh, Weldworks. That's oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, one that's of the, the breweries that he likes. He's, yeah, for sure. He's shared a few of those Peanut with us. butter and cookies, yeah. slice uh-huh. of ice cream, yeah. Yeah. slice of cake. You yeah. can't put enough uh, stuff in a stout for uh, for. Patrick's yeah, he, and it'll be down. Out. So yeah, Patrick, <laughs> we'll get some of these out to you, uh, hopefully. And um, Smoke Night Live, Randy, this Friday. Yes, Eric has returned. Yeah, I, have to, I feel like he's been on the road for a minute. Yeah, I, I'm like a long I'm, minute. I have this theory that he was actually house hunting in mm. Florida, and he just doesn't want to tell <laughs> anyone yet because he's got that whole Colorado uh, thing. <laughs> But uh, that would be a teaser and or rumor <laughs> uh, and complete speculation and probably totally wrong. But uh, but he has spent quite a bit of time on the road over the last uh, four weeks as he uh, took two, two trips down to Nicaragua, stationed himself in Miami in between. And next week we head to Honduras. So yeah. um, so I. Hope he doesn't have anything more than a goldfish at home because I don't know how they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got kids; they can take care of that. Ah, oh, that's right, that's right. Take care of that stuff. Uh, so, but so on yeah. Smoke Night Live, he is back. Uh, he will be doing um, a recap of all his travels and adventures, as they were all very uh, cigar focused. So he'll be filling us in. I don't know if there's a if there's maybe a slideshow or how that works exactly. PowerPoint presentation. Uh, uh, I think. Nice, nice. Um, but forty-two the, point presentation <laughs> uh, but there is a rumor i think there's an uh another one uh, yeah un- un- all over the place unconfirmed rumor that there may be a surprise in studio guest we can neither Co- confirm nor deny right so um but uh but it's definitely worth tuning in and checking out to see uh, what's going on over there at uh, cigar dojo headquarters so on that note given that you eric and jordan yes will be in timing. honduras next week uh, we will not have a show next week because there will be no one to produce it. That's right. On March 18th, that May- Wednesday, we will not be airing Flavor Odyssey. Maybe, I, you know, I haven't really run this by anybody. Maybe I just do a little Facebook Live and do just, it. just chat with people. Do it. I do, do a little Q&A. Maybe we could Skype in. I could be like in a field in yeah, Honduras. That could be fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we, we, we won't have an official show. Right. <clears throat> I'm just top Spit of head balling. ideas. Maybe we'll do something like that. That could be kind of fun if uh, the timing works. But no official show next week. We'll be back the following Wednesday with letter W, correct? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We both had to do the A, B, C. And this is a show that I'm really excited about. So we've got the wise man Maduro. Mm. 
It's Way Wednesday, but Wise Man. That's where the W comes from. Uh, Wise Man Maduro from uh, our good friend uh, Nick. I was going to say Nick Perdomo because <laughs> we were just talking about, uh, about Nick. Um, so our good friend Nick and uh, Nick Malillo. Thank you, Malillo. From I'm Foundation yeah, Cigars. Yeah, you could tell I'm I was struggling <laughs> with all this because we go from Nick and to Nick, and I'm and I'm not that bright. Um, <clears throat> so that's from Foundation. So that's the Wise yeah. Man Maduro, right? With the is it West Mall? Is that how you say it? Oh, West, that's right. We're doing the West Mall Double. The West Mall, a Belgian style double. Nice. Now we've done some Belgian beers. We've done a triple, mm-hmm. and uh, a Belgian dark strong, and a dark a strong, a quad. Uh, but we've never done a double. That so right? that's uh, this is our first double, and that's nice. that's a beer that's going to be available everywhere except Wyoming. And sorry, uh, Patrick. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> sorry, bro. <laughs> um, so, they, but you guys have a couple weeks to track that one down. I'll share uh, a link in the chat so you guys can find this beer. You've seen it. Chances are you've seen it. It's one of the most widely available uh, <clears throat> Belgian brands, I think, on the planet. I maybe I'm just making that up, but. Uh, very widely available, but that should be a fun pairing. I'm looking forward to that. It's a great cigar. It's a great beer, and I think that that could work out really, really well. Absolutely. So that's letter W. Um, so we'll see you guys in two weeks. Randy, enjoy your trip. Thank you, sir. To Honduras. Yes. Don't look out the window when you come in on that landing. I've heard it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> like you do one of these, like a 90-degree kind of, and then come in like a Top Gun-style landing. Nice. I'm, I, I'm, I'm there's good. livestock on, on the runway maybe. Yeah, there's yeah. something going on It's supposed to be uh, <laughs> you, um, you can find video of this landing on YouTube or something It's supposed to be crazy I've never done it But uh, kudos to you for doing that um, You're a braver man than I am But uh, anyway, enjoy your trip And thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Flavor Odyssey We will be back with you in two weeks When the Odyssey continues Thank you.